Good evening. We are holding at the third of the four steps of tshuva, as Chavazavavis is describing here each one of them in more detail than he did originally, here in Perik Ravi of Shar HaTshuva. So up to Ubakosha Samachila. That's what we began last night, Ubakosha Samachila. How do we understand what the depth of that process of tshuva is? So, certainly understandable. He just lays it out and explains it to us. Ubakosha Samachila. The asking for forgiveness on the wrongdoing that we did on any Avera that we may have done is an ice that is a, a sign, it's a proof. That's a sign on a person being humble, on understanding his lowliness, number one, in terms of his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, his stature with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's even if he was the greatest tzaddik in the world. And all the more so, now that he has sinned and has to come on his hands and knees and beg forgiveness from Hashem. But that is a sign that he's ready to do that, and he's ready to lower himself and ask forgiveness. And his expressing this, that he has sinned and desires to do tshuva, expressing the fact that he sinned and he wants to do tshuva, is a siba samachilale. That's actually the cause for getting mechilah. The only way person could really get mechila is by saying, I want the mechila, By asking Hashem for the mechila. That's why we find many times the Rambam writes this in Hilchas Tainis, Rabbeinu Yoyne writes this in Shari Tshuva, that together with Tshuva is always an element of Tefillah. And Tefillah, what does Tefillah have to do with Tshuva? Tshuva is remorse, repenting, confession, acceptance on the future. With tefillah, what does tefillah have to do with anything? We find if if you look with a discerning eye, you will find continuously in all the Rishayim that explain a tshuva is always an element of tefillah, of asking Hashem, beseeching mercy from Hashem that He should forgive us. And the tshuva that we're going through and the process that we're doing, Hashem should see to it to wipe away the other. As the Pesach says, One who is moide, he does vidui, and leaves the sin, he is worthy and he is deserving of Hashem's mercy. And we find the person who behaves contrary to that, Hashem says, Hinini nishpa Behold, I will judge you, I will get angry at you, If you say, I've never sinned, you try to make excuses, you say, yeah, I never did it. You think you can fool HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shem says, that will only get me more angry, that will bring more judgment upon you. So we see the converse as well. If a person is not willing to admit his sin, Hashem gets angry, he says, certainly one who does admit his sin, and does come forth and ask Hashem's forgiveness, then we see not only does Hashem not get angry, but on the contrary, Hashem has great mercy for such a person. And finally, someone who tries to cover up his sins, someone who tries to hide them, 
shove them under the carpet. Let me just bury my head under the covers and forget about it. It's not going to help. Lo yatsliach, that person will not meet success. So we have to confront it. We have to not be afraid of it. We've sinned. We've done wrong. We've made mistakes. But we confront it. And we come forth and are ready to admit it, ready to say, I'm not going to do it anymore, and I'm asking for forgiveness. When we find this concept as well, amongst people, one who sins and harms another person, his friend, when he humbles himself before that person, and he admits that he sinned to him, and that he harmed him, and now he comes and asks for forgiveness. And the friend sees and he recognizes that he's really remorseful. He really means it. He will not wait, he will not delay with forgiving his friend. I see he's sincere, he's remorseful, he did something terrible. He really, he really wronged me. But he's asking forgiveness from me and he's sincere about it and he says he's remorseful. Certainly, the person will forgive him. Okay, forget about it. Let bygones be bygones. And that's what the person will say. And he won't bear a grudge. He won't hold a grudge against the person. That's the, that's the, the reality of relationships. When a person confronts the situation and he calls the person up, meets with the person, says, I'm terribly sorry what I did. I feel bad. And, this, and the person is sincere about it. Every normal person certainly will forgive him and say, I forgive you. Let it, let us, let's move past it. And that's part of that process is because by exposing ourselves, by humbling ourselves and asking for the person's forgiveness. Just to mention an interesting little Maisa, because we're here in the week of Parshas Tazriya Metzaira. Tazriya Metzaira is two long Parshas which deal with the Aveira of Lashon Hara. The Gemara tells us in Erechin that one of the main reasons why a person would be stricken with Tsaras, with this skin disease of Tsaras, is for speaking Lashon Hara. And as the altar of Kelm points out, you know, when you have a, a very serious illness, a very serious disease, a pandemic, so there's a lot of literature about it, there's a lot of talk about it in all aspects. Rightfully so, you want to make sure you don't want to get such a thing. How do you protect yourself? How do you distance yourself from it? So if Baruch Hu designated two full parashiyas in the Torah, two sidrists in the Torah, to speak about the the tragic Avera of Lashon Hara, then we could only surmise of how serious an offense it is to speak Lashon Hara. And that's the way it is when a person does speak Lashon Hara. We mentioned this the other night. The person has to ask forgiveness from Hashem for that Avera. And then at times, he has to ask forgiveness from somebody else. And that's if he harmed the person. There was an interesting episode. Maisa Shaya like this when the Chafetz Chaim who was not even 30 years old when he wrote his monumental Sefer on all the laws of Lashon Hara. 
covering almost every halacha that there is to know about Lashon with encouragement, with different chazal to warn a person, with all the detail halachas, rechilus Lashon avak Lashon And he came to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who was already a goyim and a tzaddik recognized, he came to him for a haskama, an approbation on his safe. And he's this younger man, you know, uh, not even 30-year-old younger man, writes a safer, and Brissot Salanta says, very nice, ooh, but the loss of Lashon no one ever wrote about that, very interesting. But uh, I have to learn it in detail before I give a haskama. So, I'll leave it here, okay, leave it with me a couple of days. Brissot Salanta is a genius. Only took him a couple of days to learn the whole safer cover to cover. Chofetz Chaim comes back a couple of days later, and Rabbi Solstalanta says, "Beautiful, I found everything in the sefer to be a hundred percent MS, all true, except for one thing. There was one halacha that you came to a conclusion on your own, which I disagree with. What was that? Let's say Ruvain speaks lashonara against Shimon, but Shimon has no idea." that Ruvay spoke Lashonara about it. The Chofetz Chaim writes in his Sefer that Ruvain must go over to Shimon and say, Shimon, I must admit, I said Lashonara about you, and this is what I said about you, and I'm asking for you, Mechil. I'm asking for forgiveness. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter argued to the Chofetz Chaim and says, I disagree, I think it's the wrong thing to do. Shimon doesn't know. Ignorance is better in this case. Why should Reuven bring up the fact, by the way, I spoke this and this about you, now you're going to make, you're going to cause tsar for Shimon, you're going to cause him to feel bad. Oh, he said this about me. He doesn't want to hear something negative about him. So why, he says, why would Reuven be obligated to go over to Shimon and say, I spoke this and this negative thing about you, and I'm asking forgiveness. Don't tell him anything. So the Rabbi Shal Salanta said, I can't give you a haskama unless you omit that halacha from the Sefer. The Chofetz Chaim said, I feel that that halacha is true. I can't take it out. So the Chofetz Chaim requested, suggested to Rabbi Shosalant to perhaps write a Haskama that everything you found is true except for this one thing. Will you disagree with me? Rabbi Shosalant said, People don't really read the whole Haskam. They look at the front, they say, Oh, Rabbi Shosalanta, very nice, and they moved on. They're not, they don't really read the whole thing. And they're not going to notice that I disagree with that point. I can't give the Haskam. And the Chofetz Chaim felt it was better to forego the Haskam of Rabbi Shosalanta than to take out what he felt was Alocha Lamaisa, which he came to a conclusion. And if therefore we have no askama for Yisrael This is a big debate even to today. Ramayshi Sternbach Shlita said that Rav Dessler, Rav Eliezer Dessler, the Baal Mikhtam Elio, once wrote to him many, many years ago that he feels the halacha is really like Rabbi Yisrael That it, it doesn't make sense to go over to the person and say, I did this and this about you, something negative and and tell him what you said negative about it, that's what he feels. But the Chofetz Chaim felt differently, concluded differently, and therefore he was so true to himself. And instead of, oh, I get the, I get 
I'll take out that halacha. No. He's writing a sefer on Shmira on the laws of Lashonara. Everything that he concluded has to be in. What's interesting thing about it is he was so oiskicheshbet. You see, he was so calculated the Chavetz Chaim. Because we mentioned when we learned Sharakni, if you remember, that the Chavetz Havavis writes in Sharakni a Chiddush that we don't find a Gemara about it. We don't find a Chazal, no Medrish, no Bavli, no Yerushalmi. The Chavetz Havavis writes it. As the Chassam Sefer says, we have a Kabbalah from the Rishonim. That if Ruvain speaks Lashon Hara against Shimon, Shimon's mitzvahs go to Ruvain's mitzvahs go to Shimon and Shimon's Averis go to Ruvain. Now, is it in full? How much? Not clear. It has an earlier source from a Malach. If you remember, we mentioned that the Beis Yosef and his Sefer Magid the Misharim, who records things so that the Malach who came to learn with him, the Magid told him this. And he writes this in Magid Meshur. And interestingly, the Chofetz Chaim doesn't bring this. He brings it in a, a small, one of the back prokim of the Sefer, but not somewhere prominent in the front. Very interesting. Why not? So Rav Sternbuch wanted to say that his Rosh Hashiva, his Rebbe, Ramosha Schneider, once they asked the Chofetz Chaim why he didn't put in a certain statement from the Rambam, of that if a person who speaks Lashon Hara, he just gets no Eilab Habbo, and he goes to Gehenim. Why didn't he write that? The Chavetz Chaim responded that I felt it's such a bombshell, I can't write that to people. So in other words, he knew exactly what he wants to put in, what he doesn't want to put in. And something that was too much for a person to hear, like that, that concept from the Rambam, or perhaps as Rav Schoenberg suggests, that's why he didn't write it, in full or some, somewhere prominent, this idea that the Chavis Havavis talks about, about a person's being Lashnara. But yet, a halacha psuka, which you felt that's halacha lamaisa, not just the concept about it, not just inspiration about it, but halacha lamaisa, he felt he has to be true to his word, true to his maskana halacha, how he concluded, and therefore, he felt he has to forego the haskama of Rabbi Shol Salanter, and we don't have that haskama of Rabbi Shol Salanter. But that's this idea that here we have even the concept of asking someone else for forgiveness. When, if a, when, when a person knows that I wronged him, and I come and I admit it, and I ask forgiveness, certainly a person will forgive the, another person, so too at HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he too, when we're sincere about our our hachna, with the Kabakoshas Mechil, was sincere about our asking forgiveness, HaKadosh Baruch Hu certainly will forgive us. Agutenacht.